1: אדון עולם אשר מהלך בטרם כל יציר נברח לתנסה בחבצו כל, zaim <speaking> alakh <in the language> שמחה, אתה באלות שלי אני לא לובש. אתה בחונים שימא, וקמם Ashirim, <tries> Pa min ki rak akh riakh khosh kh baa ul khay Pa so khozay lekha at shomer alaysh lo e אתה
2: he will have a great
3: deal. Ata, a tabashtikot, ata alevsheli shomeyate filot, to da al yaldot,
1: al misbachal, manukashem kulam or him bidarkecha, to daim I'm we oh. Doesn't understand why His whole life's changing Only 12 years old Will he have his bar mitzvah? Who knows? Should my An and i But now, tears in their eyes A clean bill of health and a brand new life
0: J.M. and the A.M. It's a song by Nachas called Shmak Kolenu. Before that, Shlomo Katz with Barosha Shano off of his Yismach Melech CD. Zusha with the Chuva song. Uh, mazel tov, by the way, to Zusha, the lead singer of Zusha, who uh, just got engaged at some point in the last week or so. Yaakov Shweki and Tilatashla. Choseir Elecha done by Michal Brzezinski. Ishai Rebo with an alum that's just amazing. <laughs> he, he's getting a lot of airplay these days in a lot of places. And Regesh, Modani opening things up, and we say good morning. Welcome to a Wednesday on the September 25th, day 25 in the month of Elul, the year 5779. Tough Shania and lichos week here as we get closer and closer to the brand new year, which begins on Sunday night. Wishing everybody a happy, healthy, and sweet 5780. A reminder that our friends at Misaskim are already in the middle of their big campaign, an international campaign to raise $1.5 million. Those of you who are familiar with Misaskim, uh, that's reason enough for you to join in and uh, participate in the fundraiser. Those of you who are not familiar with with Miss Askim tomorrow morning between six and nine, we're going to be at their headquarters in Brooklyn, New York, telling a lot of stories, discussing a lot of episodes and situations. The majority of which, if not all of them, will touch your heart. So we dedicate tomorrow morning to Miss Askim here at JM and the AM. With a big thank you to Azar Mitzion for sponsoring our September on the Road. And um, and I hope and pray that uh, everybody out there in the international community um, contributes whatever you can to help Missaskim get to their goal. I believe you have until midnight Eastern Time tomorrow night. Uh, JM in the AM on this Wednesday morning, as um, again we get closer to the brand new year, we'll have an opportunity to uh, speak with and exchange Russia Shuna greetings with uh, many many prominent members of our community we're going to be checking in later today from some of the uh, organizations that you hear quite often here on JM and the AM so we'll do that all through the show and again tomorrow from Missaskim and the Monday and Tuesday is Rosh Hashanah believe it or not pretty incredible more coming up this is uh, JM and the AM with Jonathan Sheinfeld
1: show him who found us
3: Parnoso, parnoso, para nosso para nosso toy vonisochil wenig und wo sei
1: Do
0: J.M. in the A.M. Wednesday morning, Slichos Week. Rosh Hashanah is this coming Sunday night, and that's V'atahir Libenu done by Yerachmiel begun of the Miami Boys' Choir. Lamancha, Eitan Katz, David Schlüsselberg with the Chuva Nigun. You heard Benny Friedman in there with safer Chaim, Zohreinu done by Yonatan Sheinfeld. And here we are on a Wednesday, one day away from our broadcast from Misaskim headquarters. We're going to be with our friends at Misaskim tomorrow between 6 and 9 a.m. The campaign has already begun They are at, um, they're close to $200,000, I believe, already on their way to $1.5 million. We hope everybody around the world will give to Ms. Hoskim. If you're familiar with them, I'm sure you've already done, uh, you've already done so, you've already given something. If you're not familiar with them, pay attention. Tomorrow morning, we have an opportunity to speak with the guests and volunteers and government officials who could tell you how incredible an organization it is in so many episodes and so many situations in the Jewish world. And I mean ongoing situations, not just emergencies. That'll be tomorrow between 6 and 9 a.m. from the Masaskim headquarters, uh, 16th Avenue in Brooklyn, New York. Make sure If you're traveling to Israel, make sure you have the best and most reliable SIM cards, phones, and MiFi cards. Visit groupsim.com and order everything you need from one convenient and reliable website. Use promo code Nahum at checkout and save 15% off your order. SIM cards, phones, and MiFi cards for Israel at groupsim.com. Dot com And speaking of promo codes, don't forget our friends at ArtScroll offering Daniela Silver's book at 15% off, and Rabbi Gerstein's book uh, at 15% off. Use the promo code RADIO. Use the promo code RADIO. Go to ArtScroll.com. Use the promo code RADIO. Enjoy your discount and enjoy free shipping as well. So when you go to ArtScroll, Rabbi Gerstein's brand-new book, Daniela Silver's brand-new cookbook, 15% off, free shipping if you use the promo code RADIO at Artscroll. Dot com. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio, around the world, on the web, at nachomsegel.com, on the Nahum Siegel Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. And I thought we had our news from Israel rolling. Uh, there we go. Golly, it's on the background. We'll do our news from Israel next. A show for blowing at the bottom of the hour, and plus uh, plenty, plenty more on this Wednesday if you keep it here at JM and the AM. Galay Tzal Israel Army Radio 2 p.m. newscast for a Wednesday follows next. We say Boker Toe from Jamnem.
4: Galay Mirushalayim Graf im נשיא המדינה ריבלין הביאה תקווה שלא יעלה הצורך במערכת בחירות שלישית, אבל אנחנו ריאליסטים מלבד היותנו מאמינים בכי הדבר אפשרי, דברי ריבלין. הערב תתקיים פגישה נוספת בין ריבלין לנתניהו וגנץ בניסיון להקים ממשלת אחדות. אם לא תחו התקדמות ריבלין נשוי להטיל על נתניהו את הרכבת הממשלה. כתב התחום הפוליטי יניר קוזין.
5: על פי החוק רשאי ריבלין להמתין שבעה ימים לפני שיחליט על מי יטיל את מלאכת הרכבת הממשלה. יחד עם זאת הערכה היום היא כי ריבלין יבקש להטיל על נתניהו את המלאכה כבר הערב כדי לאפשר למגעים להרכבת הממשלה להתחיל תרם כניסת ראש השנה. כזכור הערב בשעה שש ייפגשו נתניהו וגנץ במשכן הנשיא לפגישה שנייה.
4: בת אל רחבי, ביטה של סימון מורי, שרצחה את בעלה המתעלה לפני 22 שנים ותשתחרר מהכלה, מברכת על החלטת ועדת השחרורים. היא סיפרה על תחושותיה לאמיר איבגי ביומן הצהריים של גלי צהל.
1: אין אושר כזה, אמיר. אני לא יודעת להסביר אפילו ולתאר את ההרגשה. אני פה באופוריה. הכי חשוב שאם התישן איתי היום בלילה ואני אחבק אותה בלי הגבלה של זמן, אני מעריצה אותה. אני אני לא יודעת מאיפה נביא את הכוחות האלה.
4: שרה נתניהו תוזמן להעיד בבית המשפט בתחילת לצמבר לבקשת ניר חפץ כחלק מתביעת הדיבה שהגיש מני נפתלי נגדו. אב הבית לשעבר טען כי חפץ הוציא את דיבתו בכך שאמר כי הוא האחראי לעליית ההוצאות בבית ראש הממשלה בעת שעבד בו. בטביליסי, בירת גיאורגיה, נקבע מותו של האזרח הישראלי בן 25, שנפגש שלשום באורח הנוש בתאונת דרכים. הודעה נמסרה למשפחתו, ומשרד החוץ מסייע בהבעת גופתו לקבורה בישראל. מזג האוויר היום בהיר עד מעונן חלקית, וללא שינוי ניקר בטמפרטורות. אלה החדשות שעורך إلى הרונוב.
1: sleep
0: Oh yes, shanatolad to everyone. Book of Good Life. It's the Maccabees here at JM in the AM. Uh, hour number two on a Wednesday on this 25th of September and the 25th of LO Final Wednesday of 5779. With the New Year beginning on Sunday night. Wishing everybody a happy, healthy, and sweet New Year. Seven minutes after seven o'clock with sunshine and a high temperature of 79. Clear tonight, low 64, and partly cloudy for tomorrow with a high of 83 degrees. Coming up tomorrow, it's our special broadcast. From Miss Askim, we'll be at the Miss headquarters between 6 and 9 a.m. on 16th Avenue in Brooklyn, New York, uh, with volunteers, with uh, community leaders, with government officials, all with amazing episodes and stories to tell us about Miss Askim, who are in the middle of their uh, $1.5 million campaign. I am hoping that those of you around the world who are familiar with the work of Miss Askim will give generously as soon as possible. And those of you who may not be as familiar, make sure to tune in tomorrow morning. Uh, because you'll have an opportunity to hear some of the uh, really wonderful things that Musaskam does on a daily basis. I'm not just talking about emergencies. I'm literally talking about a daily basis as well. So check it out, everybody. Tomorrow morning we will be here uh, between 6 and 9 a.m. broadcasting from the Musaskam headquarters in Brooklyn, New York, and I hope you'll have an opportunity to tune in and give generously and um, make it an amazing end of the year and beginning of the brand new year for a very important organization in our community. Wednesday morning broadcast, JM and the AM, plenty more coming up. Here's Chaz and Yitzchak, Mayor Health got.
6: to Mosheel! Wieder Mailer mit sein Fidale Wird sich spielen auf Reine Liederle und so wieder Mailer mit sein Fidale Wird sich spielen auf Reine Liederle. <lacht>
1: And you went to the place you went. Just because you're strong, just because you're brave. And so it was said, "Rana, Hashem, cover the sinners with kindness and את כל הפשעים את כל האבונות בטח ככה ימונה אחת, אחת ואחת אחת ושתיים אחת ושלוש אחת וארבע אחת וחמש יש הרייה מתייאש כי לא יכול היה לסת את המרירות אחת את הבושה את הפספוס את ההפסל. Koine ver on dim bazaro k'shomim et shemashe amefas yatzemiti koine gadol ayu korim mishtah khavim va nuflim al ban baruch shem kevod malchutoh le'olam Pana v'la kodesh, achorav la echal. Le-lo reva v'ayu sheuba v'alach that I fell in love with you, and I fell in love with you. And even though I'm all alone, with your kindness, with your Shedsa, <laughs> big Es Shem Hashem Yehalelu Shiru Loi Shichodosh Z'amuloi Ki Nizgav Shemo Yehalelu Es Shem Es Shem Hashem. Say macha ye halelu loy
5: ישוע חושב על החיים. יושע שותק ומי בפנים. סוער כל כך עכשיו. נזכר אבל אני C'est The barim and the clothes that are cheap, they are Dea, rakalev day
0: We're going to send this out to the Levy family and wish them a Shana Tova. Yaniv Ben Mashiach with Mitpalel Kol Boker here at JM in the AM. Uh, before that, the Yeshiva Boys with vahaviosim, words from Slichos, and and of course, Yom Am high holiday service as well. Ohad had Lovado here at JM in the AM. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zekhenish Masarav Zeben Vilsav Alevi and Zekhenish Esther Zeben Vilsav Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk.
7: Good morning. It says in Koheles, A person that breaks down a wall will be bitten by a snake. A large fire once broke out in the city where the great Goin Rebekiva Eger lived, for many houses then had to be rebuilt. Kiva Eger decreed that all building has to stop on Shabbos, although the workers should still be compensated for the day's work. No one went against the Rov's Gezerah, except for one wealthy man. He wasn't happy with the ruling of the Rov, and he allowed the work on his house to continue. The first Shabbos, the entire town stopped, except for the workers of this wealthy man, who continued with their construction. When Rabbi Kiva Eger heard about this, he sent a shliach to warn this person that he shouldn't do it again on Shabbos. However, the man refused to listen. The following Shabbos, the workers were once again building the house. Rabbi Kiva Eger once again sent his gabai with a letter written by Rabbi Kiva Eger himself that he shouldn't do this anymore. At the end of the letter, Rabbi Kiva Eger wrote, yishchenu nachosh. A person that is going to break down a wall will be bitten by a snake. The next day of Shabbos, a call was sent with the words of this letter throughout the town. The Gvir, who was very important in the town, told the person that was calling it out, from now on, whenever you have something to announce, show it to me first. The gabai told the Rav what had happened. The Goin told him not to call out the letter, but to show the warning to the wealthy man. He should return to him, and tell him what the gvir said. When the wealthy man saw the letter, he erased the words, Uphoretz Keder, Yishchenu Nachash. The Gabai returned to Rebekiva Eger and told him what had happened. That Shabbos, Rabbi Kiva Eger gave a fiery drosha. He read the letter out loud, and he added, It is certain that the person who will go against these words and build the house on Shabbos, it will not stand. The work on the house continued. It was a magnificent edifice beyond compare. Suddenly, one of the beams broke, an expert was called in, and after examining the beams, in amazement, he said that all the beams were rotting. He warned the wealthy person to abandon work on the building and immediately to flee. For his life. The entire building collapsed and had to be rebuilt from the bottom up. None of the other houses in the town experienced any problem. It was clear to see the words of Koheles, Buporeitz Gather Yishchenu Nachash, the one who breaks down a wall will be bitten by a snake. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizek. Have a nice day.
0: JM and the AM are LL show for blowing here on this Wednesday as we get closer and closer to the brand new year. This coming uh, Sunday night, Dr. Erica Brown is with us, director of the um, Mayberg Center for Jewish Education and Leadership and associate professor of curriculum at the George Washington University, author of 12 books on leadership, the Hebrew Bible, and spirituality. The one that I want to concentrate on this morning is the one that um, is most associated with the high holidays, and that is the book of uh, Jonah, uh, Er Dr. Erica Brown in the uh, Magid Studies in Tanakh, series. uh, So you can check it out at Magid Books online and on her website, ericabrown.com. The book is called Jonah, the Reluctant Prophet. Dr. Erica Brown, welcome back to JM in the AM.
8: Thank you so much for having me. Nice to hear your voice on this morning. I appreciate
0: that. Good to have you on. Uh, I find it intriguing that on the day that most people associate with the most personal day between man and God, uh, the day that we as individuals are closest with the one above Yom Kippur. Obviously, it's interesting that on that day we are we are taught this lesson through the book of Yonah that we cannot shirk our responsibility to the greater community. What's the message behind that?
8: You know, I, I mean, I think as as you rightly pointed out, nothing. There is a sense that the the self absorption or even the commitment to create communities of chesed, compassion, kindness amongst our family and our smaller community can't in some way blind us to the responsibility to the world at large, to those who uh, have fallen and lost their way. and perhaps Jonah thought that his the notion of prophecy was very particularistic as opposed to universalistic and that the responsibility of leaders is to of course reform their own communities but also to care about communities outside of their immediate the immediate bubble in which we live. I think when you're thinking about Jonah and saying, Well why do we read this book? I mean it's not it's not really all that evident that Jonah Undergoes a complete reformation. Right. You know, he he he, he prays. He right. but he does not say sorry in his prayer. And, and, out. And,
0: and if you want to say he does undergo a reformation, it was under a lot of pressure. It was,
8: it was <laughs> right. It was under right. As my mommy said, "Kofino to say you exactly. force someone until they actually want to do something." Right. But of course, chuva cannot be forced. It can never come from the outside. And I've always struggled uh, as a parent when my children were young and watching parents do this their children say you're sorry, so you're, you're asking them, you're telling them to have an emotion that they don't have as opposed to discussing with them what they've done and allowing that to emerge more holistically. I think in Jonah's case, um, he never fully gets there. If you look when he travels to Nineveh, it says it's a three-day travel, right. and he only goes one day into it. You know what does that mean when you when you you want to get there but you're not quite there?
0: Doctor Erica Brown is with us, but but what is the greater message for the average person listening to this Anyam Kippur again, the day chosen to to feature uh, the book of Jonah? Are all of us? Partly responsible for leadership roles in the greater community, there are people who who forget about whether they think they're qualified. That I'll ask you about in a minute. But there are people <laughs> who clearly are qualified, and there are others who, you know, who clearly the best thing for them and the community would be for them to simply, you know, um, supervise their own dalalamot, so to speak. Uh, is the message here that all of us have a responsibility to whatever degree we can to be leaders in the community?
8: Um I think I think there are different notions of leadership I think it's very attractive today to say that everyone's a leader but for those of us who are really in the trenches of this work and trying to teach others about this work, we know that that's simply not true, and that there is nobility in simply being a good person, in leading one's family, um, in, leading, in taking a leading role in one's work. Uh, but I want to get back nothing, to something that you said earlier in terms of, sure. well, what is the message of this book? And I was uh, studying it on Monday night, and one of my beloved students shared with me a sign that, uh, that he saw in, I, I suppose it was a, some kind of medical facility that, that managed uh, addiction. And the sign was, relapse is not failure. I just want to say that again, relapse is not failure. I think for many of us, as we stand in these days of awe and we, and we introspect about who we are and the world as it is, it's easy to lose hope and to feel things will never change. Mm. But relapse is not failure. We try, and then we try again. And perhaps there's these slight nuances of change, these changes of perspective. We approach Jonah every year, Nachum, as you know, and we're different people. Right. Things have happened to us this year. We've created things this year. And so uh, and that's what I love really about text study the most is that we're bringing a new self to texts that are ancient, and that meld is going to create something new and fresh.
0: You know what's funny? I think most people i I, I shouldn't say most because i <laughs> most people who think like me uh, are are <laughs> are sympathetic to Jonah. We feel bad for him with with what you just said about um a relapse not being failure. Um, it's not that we should feel bad for him. It's that we should incorporate his experience into our own lives that, that even, even though he postponed his success, let's put it that way. (laughs) Uh, nonetheless, you know, there's, there's hope for all of us. Nonetheless, there's hope to, you know, to turn things around. Is it right to be sympathetic for him or not?
8: Um, you know, I think we can't help but be sympathetic because, as John Gardner once said, you know, by mid- middle life, most of us are fugitives from ourselves. Mm. We're, we're running away. We're trying to escape right. the, the obvious mistakes and errors we've made. And so I think we see ourselves in Jonah because we understand the struggle and because it's such a brilliant thing that we're reading a, a, a short memoir, if you like, of, right. of, of, a, of a prophet, no less. Who's in that a Navi who's in that struggle also that I, i'm this sorry message to, sorry there's just this message in Chapter One with the term yarad to defend. Um, hits us like a drumbeat again and again. You know, Jonah goes down into Joppo, he goes down into a ship, he goes down into the recesses of the ship, and he goes down into a deep sleep. That's the danger, Nachum, is right. sleeping on the job, is becoming so self-absorbed that things are happening, right? Chishvali the, Hishavir, the boat is about to break open, and yet he's in a deep sleep. And I understand that sleep, and I'm sure that you can understand mm-hmm. that we're living in a time, a political landscape with this so much noise and there's so much polarization, there's the sense I'm turning off the news. I'm withdrawn. I'm going into myself, and that's where the Rabbah Chovel, the Captain of the Ship, says, "Malachan why are you sleeping? It's time to wake up."
0: Oh, I think it's even more than that. I think that you know Jonah is doing what we often do, which is you know basically scream out without <laughs> without verbalizing it. Uh, to God, leave me alone. Basically, saying to God, you know, leave me alone. Let me let me go into my own isolated area and just you know and and avoid whatever it is you want me to pursue. And yeah, and, I- and the
8: beautiful message is that that in some way, in this paternalistic and loving way, that God says, I will send the entire world, right? All right. of nature, I will send the storm, I will send the fish, I will send the beating sun, I will send the tree, I'll send the worm, all of these things to help you confront yourself. But I can't do that work for you. Only you can confront yourself. I can merely put in put in the possibility. And I think that's what Yom Kippur is for us. It's putting in that that mirror that says, Stop, don't engage in your regular activities, take a look deep inside. And um and some for some of us we, we still run away.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. Doctor Erica Brown is with us. The book is called Jonah, the reluctant prophet. Um I think I, I think I once asked you this before and today As we watch at least two men, you know, trying to become uh, leaders or for one of them continue to be leader of the Jewish people. If, in fact, we, you know, we'll go with the supposition that in 2019, the leader of the Jewish people is the prime minister of Israel. I'm sure some people uh, would certainly agree with that. Um, Isn't there is a theme of reluctance uh, among many potential Jewish leaders? We know, obviously, Moses felt he was unqualified. To be a leader, right? He makes that clear. Jonah, obviously, you and I just discussed the story. And I think to a degree, uh, um, and I don't know how much the, sch- the scholars and the Talmidei Chachamim would agree with me, but I think to a degree, even our Avot, um, you know, each, you know, at times hesitates in their role of leadership and questions or, you know, acts in a way that, uh, that, that you know, again, whether it's through modesty or, uh, you know, for practical reasons, feels that certain things would be difficult for them to accomplish in a leadership role um and i ask this again as we watch you know different people assume that they are the best person for the job and have you know you know, if you listen to a campaign you'll find out that everyone's the perfect candidate No, nobody has any deficiencies exactly so what about the theme of and by the way esther aren't you writing about esther
8: uh, yeah, that's, so is it, the next in the Magad series that'll be out. Hopefully, this Purim.
0: So, isn't that a perfect example of a Jewish leader who questioned her ability to, you know, to 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 do what was required of a leader in that case? Another good example, in my opinion. So, tell me about this thread of of, of the of leaders, especially in Jewish history, who question their abilities to do what what God and their guides, like Mordechai, etc., are demanding.
8: Well, notice, Natham, in all the examples that you brought, people didn't shirk from leadership, but they embraced the humility and their own smallness in in the face of very serious obstacles, trials, and challenges. When you look at today, you know there's this posture of certainty, which seems incredible and impossible to all of us. Right. Yes, I can solve all these problems. There's nothing that I can't do. And immediately we think, I can't believe you. So what I'm looking at is the collapse of trust. I think we trust people when they say, I'm not really sure how to do this. And yet, the appeal of certainty that someone definitely knows how to do, even as we know it can't possibly be true, uh, attracts us. And and, and we're supporting that degree of, of certainty when really what we should be looking for is someone who takes the position but is humble throughout the position and has the capacity to say, I don't know, I'm not sure, let me learn. Um, let me be curious about the world, let me be curious about the other. And so, you know, I think that what we've seen, and I totally agree with you, we've seen virtually every one of our classic leaders in Tanakh cares about succession, cares not about holding on necessarily to the reins of power, but making sure someone responsible takes over them. And they do that from a posture of dignity and humility. And it, nothing could be farther than what we see in the classic politician. And on the other side, things that you mentioned earlier about people just perhaps leading their own Dalit Amot. Uh, We know that uh, people would rather have any leader than a bad leader. And so someone Mm. is going to step into the vacuum of leadership. If it's not us, if it's not someone who has good intentions and, and behaves with virtue, then it's going to be somebody else. And I think that's the problem with leadership today is we've created that vacuum and we've in some way put a certain sting on leadership and taken the nobility out of it.
0: Can you compare Jonah's reluctance to Moses' reluctance? Moses is using a physical excuse, you know, excuse the word, I don't want to you know demean him, mm-hmm. but you know, I, but is that really just a, just a you know a cover for, for a, uh, you know a deeper humility or a deeper hesitation? Like more similar um, I, more similar to Jonah: you know,
8: I, I think all of us should feel unqualified for our jobs because it keeps us honest. Um, on, on some level. I think the difference between Moses and, and Jonah, and they've, Moshe and Yonah, and they've often been compared, is that in the case of Moshe, Moshe took these doubts, and he spoke to God, and he negotiated with God, and God provided support. So God says, you know, if speaking is difficult for you, know that I'm giving you a staff, and right. I'm giving you your brother as a spokesperson, and I'm also going to give you a speech, which is, I'm in control of speech, right? Who gives who gives handicaps and who who dispenses leadership jobs? And I've chosen you. Right. But Jonah's different because while Jonah refuses leadership, he actually runs in the opposite direction, and and that's actually something that I, I think the text pro- provokes us to say. When I have my doubts, am I actually so certain, uh, so to speak, of my doubts that I run away rather than say, how can I how can I present my doubts as some kind of offering? to someone else, to think about whether or not those doubts hold true. We don't want people to take jobs and have doubts and not have doubts uh, because then their own, the quality of their work gets compromised. We want them to take jobs and, and take responsibilities and take ownership while maintaining that sense of dignity and humility that allows, uh, that allows for that conversation.
0: It's funny. And there's I-
8: a great vulnerability in it, right? Yeah. vulnerability oh, sure. in being able to say to someone, I don't know, I can't do
0: I feel bad that I feel so bad for him, in a way. In a way, I shouldn't. I shouldn't feel bad for him because you know he's again shirking the responsibility. And you know anybody who appreciates good leadership would say, you know, get with it, Jonah, and you know, get a stiff upper lip and and uh, turn things around. But I don't know. I but does just,
8: that does that work? Nothing. If someone said to you, you know, just just pull yourself together. You know and and it could be that for the for a moment you you may be able to accomplish that, but I think again, this idea of relapse is not failure. You're facing yourself again and again in different situations.
0: But isn't but isn't that what Mordecai is saying to Esther? Pull yourself together. you have no choice but to do this and and thank God she decides on the spur of the moment she's going to listen.
8: Yeah, well, you know because I've spent so much time in, with Esther the past few years, maybe I frame it a little bit differently. I think that Mordecai is very clever, and he throws a number of different types of arguments at Esther, you know, the argument of uncertainty, right? Who knows if you haven't been, you know, actually born to this position, so to speak. Right. And then giving her the sense of what this means for your family, is <inaudible> even though she's an orphan, she doesn't have parents to sully the reputation of the family. She's also a member of Saul's family. And Saul faced this this demon, and he didn't, he didn't get rid of Amalek. He didn't get rid of Agag. And so now there's a the chance for her to revisit history and to redeem it. So for us, I think there's two words, I guess two R words, that we're, that we're thinking about this season. One is relapse, and one is redeem. Right. And we stand somewhere in between them. As Maimandis sort of positions the scale, imagine that everything that you're doing can either be an act of virtue or can be an act of sin. Mm-hmm. And so every, every, with some kind of precise measurement, we're looking at ourselves and saying, who am I? And one of the things that I, I, I was thinking about when I was, I was uh, studying the Rambam this week is, um, you know, we count steps and we count calories and we're in love with big data, but we don't necessarily count virtues and vices and say, what did I do that really redeemed the world today? And what did I do that was a relapse and I can do it better tomorrow? And that kind of accuracy and precision, while it can be, uh, can be crippling in the extreme, may make us a little bit more aware of how we interact with the world around us.
0: Mm, interesting. Dr. Erica Brown is with us. You can go to ericabrown.com. The Book of Jonah, The Reluctant Prophet is a um is a is part of the Magid series, Magid Studies in Tanakh Stone Edition series and you can check that out at Magid Books online. Um, so it's interesting. We go into this holiday, and there are a lot of people who like to emphasize that when we gather together on Monday as a Jewish nation, it really is not about the personal. It's more about the, you know, the recognition of God, uh, proclaiming Him King. Uh, we know it's Judgment Day, Yom Hadin, but there are commentaries, commentators who like to veer away from that and remind everybody that's more of a communal uh, gathering. The the, the uh, service on Rosh Hashanah. And then, as I said, you get to Yom Kippur, and you know, building up through the uh, Seder Yom Ma'atshuva, you get to Yom Kippur, and we have this impression that it is uh, as personal a day as possible. In fact, and I once asked Shlomo—you may appreciate this—I once asked Shlomo Kalbach uh, innocently, literally, the uh, the uh, the uh, the Yomim season before he passed away, passed away in Cheshvan, and I said to him, "What does it mean that the gates of heaven are closing?" You know, as we have the Neila prayer. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, he said, after all of this, after Elul, after Slichus, after Rosh Hashanah, after a Sershmei after a couple of fast days, after dedicating ourselves physically for 25 hours to no washing and no eating, et cetera, et cetera, for all of this commitment to God, um, it, it comes time for the end of the holiday, and God says, come come inside, let's close the door behind us and have a private conversation. That's <laughs> beautiful. Now that, yeah, it is beautiful. beautiful. And it might be what some people would call, you know, a Hasidic way of looking at things. But again, it is, such a, it, it is such a personal experience, and yet on a day of such a personal experience, the role of Jewish leadership and the role of community and how important, you know, that element is, is not lost on anybody. And I just... No, and-
8: yeah, and, and the image of a gate is so powerful, right? You open up yeah. the Tomwood, and in the Vilna edition, is that is that that's that image of the gate, and the word and, and, it, it, and it. the word to lock it, no L, right, you know? right, right. You know, and and when you think about being on the threshold of a door, a door is just a door, as Adrienne Rich says in her poem. You know, are you going to step through that door, or are you going to ignore that door? Because when you go through that door, you're not going to be the same. And so I think you know, I think of that moment right before Cain kills Hevel, before Cain kills Abel, where God says, sin is crouching at your door, but you can control it. In other words, we know the persistence of wrongdoing. We know that the possibility of transgression is right there at the threshold. But we can close that door. And I think there's, the image of the door is really important. Not that every gate is shutting, but there's a certain sense of, 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 of urgency as we're getting to Neela where God says, you know, I want you to think about what you actually are going to commit to right. as opposed to just walking around. What are you stepping over in this threshold as something that you're going to do or change or modify that you haven't oh, before? Oh,
0: what a great way. What door will you open and what door will you walk through? Oh, that's a great one.
8: Yeah. And that I just want to share one observation, sure? on them, if you don't mind. Please. So last, last year I had the tremendous the privilege of speaking in Pittsburgh after the, um, uh, the occasion of the Shloshim. And I just want to tell you one little story about that and, and how that concludes. Sure. Um, my, my, I had to be there at 7.30 for the event. I was absolutely committed to being there, and my heart was was broken, and uh, my flight was canceled. And uh, my flight was canceled, and as we were waiting around before the flight was canceled uh, to see if there would be a new flight, a person who was waiting from, with me for those few hours said to me, Um, where are you, you know, what are you doing in Pittsburgh? And we were talking, he was a business person going about his business. And I explained to him actually what I was doing, trying to bring in some way, comfort in an impossible situation through an act of study together. And, um, when they announced the new plane, he ran upstairs and he got a ticket and he said, I want to give this to you because what you're doing is so much more important than what I'm doing. And as it happens, I really got there exactly 730 and was able to speak and they asked me to come back, and uh, I went back this Sunday. And, um, and and before I spoke, someone received a, a couple received a service award, and the the husband stood up and he gave everyone this beautiful blessing for the year. You know, the, with some of the usuals, right? The blessing for health, the blessing for happiness, um, and then he said, "May this be a year of consequence." And it struck me so deeply. And perhaps that's a good transition between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. That on Yom Kippur, we're thinking a lot about sin. But on, on Rosh Hashanah, as we coronate the king, as we think about God as, as Melech, as judge at the beginning of the world, we think about the consequences of what it means to do something that's consequential. I think all of us understand uh, in Israel and the United States that politically there are a lot of consequences right now, that, that it will be a consequential year ahead, not exactly sure where we'll be standing Nahum, a year from now. And at the same time, thinking about consequence as something that perhaps we can create. How do we create in the year ahead this Rosh Hashanah and understanding that this year may be a year of consequence for us? It's going to be the year when we're going to make something happen, or perhaps it's going to be the year when we're going to stop something. Um, and, that, and that possibility is actually very terrifying, and it's also very exhilarating.
0: Wow. By the way, that airport story is chilling. Unbelievable.
8: Yeah, it was and actually I shared it because I had I'd thought so much about it. Um as and when it happened, as it happened, both of us did make it on the plane. There were four seats and the two of us got on the plane. But that um that that willingness um to to give to give a ticket just to say it was just that kind of chesed that yep. I think happens when you're in the face of a tragedy.
0: No question about that. By the way, I always joked with Rabbi Weinruf when he was writing about Kinnis, how it was Tisha for him all year round. At least you get to have, pur- at least you get to have Purim all year round, right? <laughs> yeah, that's
8: true. That's true. Without the drinking, though. Without the drinking. <laughs> but remember, relapse is not failure, nothing.
0: Oh, that's a great message, let me tell you. And by the way, my mother was named for Esther Hamalka. Oh,
8: uh,
0: on her, On her tombstone, it says, Esther um, uh, That's what it says on her. Oh, that's... So beautiful. So I can, her memory uh, be for s- a s- blessing. So I cannot wait to discuss the book with you come spring. I'll tell you that much.
8: Good. I'm looking forward to that conversation, as I always look forward to conversations with
0: you know, I him. appreciate that. Shana Taval Matukat to you, and thank you so much for joining us.
8: May it be a year of health, happiness, and consequence
0: for <laughs> us all. Amen to that. Dr. Erica Brown, check out her website, ericabrown.com. Check out her book on Jonah, The Reluctant Prophet, Magid Books Release, and of course, Many other books, you have the whole list there at either of those uh, websites. Two minutes before 8 o'clock, this is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio, around the world, on the web, at NahumSiegel.com, on the NahumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app.
1: I'll oh,
0: with Mordecai ben David and Mati Steinmetz is Serov. Before that, Vahaviosim. Words we're saying now, and of course through the uh, high holidays that uh, came from David Stein here at JM and the AM. 13 minutes after 8 o'clock on this Wednesday morning broadcast. Well, we mentioned we would have an opportunity to speak with uh, some of the great people that we are uh, partnering with all year round uh, before the new year begins on Sunday night and uh, get the latest and obviously Wish them a uh, happy, healthy, and sweet new year. And to that end, our friends at Nefesh Benefesh are uh, among the closest friends that we have as partners. And uh, Mark Rosenberg, who is the director of North American Aliyah and has been an amazing partner with us on so many different projects. Uh, in this case, he's representing the Nefesh Benefesh organization. I'll represent the Nahum Siegel Network organization as we wish each other a happy, healthy, And sweet new year. Mark Rosenberg, welcome back to JM and the AM. Good morning and Shana Tova. Shana Tova. So what's the atmosphere like in Israel when the holiday begins on Sunday night? And now we're already here for you Wednesday afternoon.
9: Yes, um, the supermarkets are crazy. Um, uh, usually challahs are only really started started being baked on Thursday nights, but you already see it in the bakeries because um, it, there's so many challahs that need to be made. <laughs> um, and schools are wrapping up. Fridays going to be the last day of school for a long time for a lot of the kids. So there's a, a general excitement. Uh, we're, uh, our office had our had our hamat our kosit, our toast to the new year, and you see uh, a lot of the different offices are, are having that a retrospective on the year and a a turn to the excitement of the upcoming year. So there's a general, a lot of excitement around the city and around the country. And I
0: remind those of us who are outside of Israel that the two-day holiday is a rarity for Israel. Three even more, but even a two-day holiday is rare. Rosh Hashanah being two days everywhere around the world uh, dictates that all of us observe two days. And I think that also adds to the excitement. It adds to the... uh, to the desperation that some people have before the holiday, right?
9: Yes, I'm trying to make sure I don't go to the supermarket on Sundays. Uh, it's probably uh, a wasted bracha, bracha levatala, but um, try to do all the preparations for both Shabbat and Rosh Hashanah. We'll see if that could be a, a sign for good things to come this year.
0: Mark Rosenberg is with us. Have you heard from the new Olim? Are they excited about the uh, prospect of spending their first Rosh Hashanah in the land of Israel?
9: Um, it's actually a really good uh question We've been actually getting a nice uh a nice uh, uptick of uh, emails and, and thank yous from people um, as the new year starts. some pictures of people uh and their their kids in school um, back to school night and and heading in for the Rosh Hashanah Gan parties um, it's it's a It's a nice reflective moment after three weeks of school and about a few, most people come in you know July and August. So it's about two months into a lot of people being here and saying that you know things are settled down and they're ready to um, enjoy one of the biggest reasons they came here is that to be on the streets of Israel and to be on the Jewish calendar um, and to celebrate live in the Jewish country. And so it's definitely um, a, a really special time and our <laughs> are really feeling it.
0: And um, uh, and Mark Rosenberg is with us, and I remind everybody that some of those people have only been there a few weeks. We know because we were on the plane with them, and literally they they were you know they were. New Olim, brand new Olim, first day of their Aliyah. The, the
9: 38, 38 North American Olim just arrived today. So we have uh, new Olim that are arriving on the last days of the Jewish year. Um, That's it, a, It's a big number. On, on a normal day, we do not have 38 people landing. Um, so it's, it, they're even trickling in as, as the calendar turns.
0: So the sixth day of they being residents of Israel will be Rosh Hashanah. Wow.
9: Yep, yep. It's uh, pretty amazing.
0: Pretty cool. Uh, yeah, uh, The Sylvan Adams Nevesh Benevesh Sion Prize recipients were awarded uh, their prizes. Seven outstanding Olim immigrants from Isra- to Israel from English-speaking countries have been awarded the 2019 Sylvan Adams Nevesh Benevesh Sion Prize, recognizing Anglos who made a major contribution to the state of Israel. Let me run through the list, and then I will turn to you, Mark, for a general comment about the ceremony and about the significance of this group. The honorees include Dr. Ora Paltiel, Director of Adassa Center for Research and Clinical Epi- Epidemiology and Professor Braun School of Public Health in the field of science. Leah Abramowitz, Co-Founder of Milabev. I'm almost sure we've spoken. I think we've spoken with Milabev representatives on the air. Michael Dixon, Executive Director of Stand With Us, Field of Israel Advocacy. Dr. Beverly Gribitz, Principal of the uh, Rothschild Tehila Secondary School for Religious Girls in Yerushalayim. Danny Hakim, founder and chairman of Budo for Peace and chairman of Kids Kicking Cancer Israel in the field of culture, art and sports. Lifetime achievement to Harold Smokey Simon for his decades of service in helping to found the Israeli Air Force and acting chairman of World Mizrahi, uh, World Machal rather, and his contributions to Israel's insurance and pension arenas. And young leadership prize to Miriam Ballin, founder of the United Hatzalah Psycho Trauma, and Crisis response unit. Mark Rosenberg, what could you tell us generally about this distinguished group?
9: It was a special moment, and I invite people to head to our Facebook page to to see the the summary videos of these people's life stories or part of their story as they continue it on. It was tremendously inspirational and gratifying to sit in Yerushalayim, in the old city at Mikdal Tavid, and to see these people stand up and hear the stories, how they moved to Israel in their 20s, 30s, and 40s, and made a contribution to Israel. It was just a, a beautiful moment to pause in the hectic pace of, as mentioned, getting ready for Rosh Hashanah and school and work, and just hear the stories how people um, not just had a dream of moving to Israel, but... A way to impact. With that inspiration, I went home afterwards. I'm like, wow, I, I'm so small in the comparison to the great things that are being done. It was, uh, it was, it's, it's a beautifully humbling experience. It's, it's an amazing thing to see and meet, and I had the privilege to, you know, to shake hands and talk to. People who are, who are continuing to make contributions and save lives and and build peace and 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 defend Israel—it's it's a it's a wonderful experience. And I'll say to this Nakam as I, I know that you have you mentioned you met some of them and Michael Dixon actually had a picture shown of him being interviewed by you. It's <laughs> wonderful. It's wonderful to meet and see role models that we have in our community and see them get the recognition for they they deserve for the hard work they put in to, um, to celebrate, defend, and, and support us.
0: By the way, many of us would argue with your self-assessment, but I'm not going to take that up with you now publicly on the air. Um, <laughs> between now, Rosh Hashanah, and I don't know, the end of 2019, uh, will we have, like you just uh, uh, described to us, in terms of today's landing in Israel, we have uh, some significant pockets of North American Aliyah in the next few months before the end of the calendar year.
9: So it, it, we're seeing a, a, an uptick of Aliyah. I, I mean, across the board, but from North America this year. Um, and so you'll you'll hear about it at the, at the end of the year. There'll be, I'm sure, an announcement saying Aliyah is up three percent, five percent. I hope no, hope higher. Um, but the big the big boosts are always are, are always in the summertime so we, we see that uh, I think it 's almost sixty five percent of volume come in June, July, and August. It makes sense right. with college getting out, school getting out, yep. and a, a big uh, turnover in in people 's lives. Um, but we are seeing i think it's it 's really an empty nester season. We see a lot of people who are who are uh, uh, going to be snowbirds to Israel in the sense of not, not going to Florida splitting the time maybe with New York uh, and Israel um, who are who are closing out their November-December plans um, and uh, they have that flexibility so they might decide to come in January or February um, but we are very much uh, past the summer. Our excitement about the August arrivals of, uh, of uh, almost 2,000 people coming this summer is now focused on uh, helping close out the logistics planning and support for um, the hundreds that are coming uh, in the final months of 2019.
0: And I think the end of December being a big uh, job transition month as well sometimes helps in terms of people making that move and starting a brand new job in January in Israel, so that may also add to the numbers toward the end of the year.
9: Um, yeah, yeah. I think I also I, one of the big things, that I think um, people also graduate college early. In Israel, it's not a very common thing. Um, the school doesn't like people uh, graduating halfway through the semester. So we see that. We also see programs that people drafting in the Army and soldiers coming. Green Sabara has a great program that's, that starts at the end of December. So we, are, uh, uh, we don't have the opportunity to rest so much uh, from the busyness of helping, uh, like I said, 2,000 people arrive in the summer um, and potentially 2,000 people coming next summer and the people coming in between. So we're, we're blessed at these opportunities, and it, it's a good thing always to be busy.
0: By the way, everybody, you could be in that same category. You could stand before the one above this coming Monday and uh, proclaim your uh, desire uh, to be among those who are uh, moving to Israel and recognizing the fact that his land, uh, the land of Israel, the state of Israel, is in fact the place for the future of the Jewish people. And once you've uh, made that declaration and made a decision— In your own mind, to pursue that direction, you can go uh, after Yontif, or even before, to the Nefesh Benefesh website, nbn.org.il, nbn.org.il, and put those thoughts into motion. Uh, Just like uh, Mark Rosenberg will be standing before the one above on Monday and uh, reminding him that he is the director of North American Aliyah, something that he, obviously, based on his comments, does not think is uh, that significant, but I would argue and say that it's uh, one of the most... Significant roles in uh, in current a uh, uh, Jewish leadership, uh, but Ma- but, Ma- but Mark, as I said, we're not going to argue about this on Erev Yuntu. Not a chance. I'm
9: I'm gonna I'm gonna pull off the comment that you said. I think there's a, it's a wonderful opportunity of the year that we we uh, we know what's written in the sidur. It's the regular sidur, but not only the makhzor on Rosh Hashanah, um, and and a part of our efforts are to read the words differently or read a new energy into it. Um, the tagline at Nefesh Benefesh is live the dream and we say that, it's, that there's more to just the words. there's a substance to it so if you have that desire and you want to find that energy or find that old new energy and um, I, I, I think that it's just imagine a, a small step forward I guess my comment about saying my my smallness <laughs> Or, or, my feeling about it is that I, I, I feel as I strive to make a contribution. But when, when you, when you see, when, you, when you, when you see the story of Smokey Simon, a person who flew a plane uh, in World War II from South Africa and decided that he was going to come and throw his lot with the, the, with the Jews of uh, Palestine, and indeed took off in an airplane in Palestine on May 14th and landed a couple hours later in the state of Israel after David ben Gurion declared it and went on to do numerous things to contribute to help Israel. I feel a little bit smaller than using my WhatsApps and emails and phones and conversations to help people close, uh, to close their, uh, Aliyah plan. You're, we're talking about people, epidemiologists and people who are fighting cancer and helping do things. It's, it's, ama- it's, a, it's amazing things. But I, I do appreciate what you said because it's a great message to the listeners that there are small steps forward. Each of these people took a small step forward to come to Israel Sometimes first volunteering, sometimes first coming just to, to, to spend some time and it, it, it took time for them to figure their small step forward. Um, and none of them when they came thought that they were going to start an organization and have a, have a breakthrough. So maybe there's a little more time for each of us <laughs> to have, uh, have our larger impact, but it's so appropriate for this time of year when we, when we think about our accomplishments, and our potential. And I think that's really uh, a really a really great message to say that it, it is something that practically you could probably do, um, and it's worth a great conversation um, to make sure that when is the time and the place for it.
0: Point well taken, Mr. Rosenberg. I ask you, uh, on behalf of Rabbi Fast, Tony Gelbart, a whole many other names, as you know, which I don't want to get into because I don't leave anybody out. Uh, to please accept uh, uh, our wishes for a happy, healthy, and sweet new year, and a big thank you to all of you for helping us be a partner in this effort. And we should continue to, uh, to grow the population of Israel with North American Olim, and to continue this connection, thank God, that we've been able to establish between the diaspora and the state.
9: You should always be ba'aliyah. Um, uh, and and it's, it's great for the listeners. Everyone should always be growing and, and, and moving in the right direction and eventually in, in the big aliyah. And I think it's, it's, a, it's a great, great siman for that direction to be in a, a movement going higher.
0: Thank you, Mark. Shanatova Matuka.
9: Amen. Gamar Khatimatava as well.
0: Mark Rosenberg, director of North American Aliyah, speaking this morning on behalf of the entire amazing organization. Nefesh B'Nefesh, and we wish everybody a happy, healthy, and sweet new year. And it is an amazing privilege to be a partner in their work and to trumpet uh, all their efforts and to bridge the gap. This is what I was trying to say when uh, Mark jumped in with that wish, uh, to bridge the gap as much as possible between the diaspora and the state of Israel. More coming up. A reminder, tomorrow we're with our friends at Miss Oskim. We are an essential part of what is happening now, the current Miss Oskim campaign. Uh, Many of you may have seen that they are asking uh, everybody around the world to get them to their $1.5 million goal. Uh, It's on. It's on already. Uh, It goes until midnight Eastern time tomorrow night. We will be broadcasting from Miss Askim headquarters in Brooklyn, New York on 16th Avenue tomorrow morning between 6 and 9 a.m. If you're familiar with Ms. Oskim, give now and give generously. If you're not, I suggest you tune in tomorrow morning when volunteers, community leaders, and government officials remind the world why it is such a vital organization. More coming up. This is JM in the AM. Did
1: you ever feel lonely? Did you ever feel lonely with people all around? No one's found you. slaves made it to the motherland and they came the crusades it's been so many years crying so many tears don't you know don't you really know we are pushed to the ground through our faith we are found standing strong the Spanish Inquisition wanted us to bow Sink on a bed, never then and never now. It's been so many years crying, so many tears. Don't you know? Don't you really know? We are pushed to the ground through our faith, we are found standing strong. was a man oh, oh, oh. But the few who carried on Leave familiar to our God oh, oh, oh. It's been so many years Crying so many tears Don't you know Don't you really know So
0: JM and the AM, Yakov Schwecki, of course, we are a miracle. Ellie Schwabel before that with We Are One, and my thanks to Mark Rosenberg for joining us here at JM in the AM. It's a Wednesday morning uh, program with a reminder, tomorrow we're at the Missaskim headquarters in, um, in Brooklyn, New York, on 16th Avenue. The Misaskim campaign has already begun. Those of you familiar with their work, you may want to give ASAP. You have until midnight tomorrow night. Uh, those of you not familiar, tune in tomorrow. Community leaders, volunteers, and public officials will be with us between 6 and 9 a.m. from the Misaskam headquarters to tell stories, tell us about some episodes, and remind us why Misaskam is not just an organization that's there in emergencies but is there uh, whenever needed, And I, and I mean on a daily basis for many groups of people who are in desperate situations. So we'll do all that tomorrow morning, and I hope we'll have your support here at JM&A. I want to thank our friends at Azermizzio, and they've sponsored our September on the Road. Tomorrow will be the last day we're on the road this month of, obviously, the brand new year, and the big holiday begins on Sunday night. With that in mind, uh, I've asked uh, uh, David Mandel, the chief executive officer at OHEL Children's Home and Family Services, to join us. Uh, we have um, been proudly uh, partners with OHEL's work for a long, long long time. In fact, of all the organizations that we feature, especially this time of year as we get to the new year, I don't know if there's one we've been with longer, frankly. And uh, OHEL has a massive celebration going on on November the 24th, their 50th annual gala. It's happening at the New York Marriott Marquis. We'll talk about that. I'll we'll have an opportunity to wish David and everybody at OHEL a happy, healthy, and sweet new year. David Mandel, welcome back to JM in the AM.
10: Good morning, Nacham It's wonderful to talk to you, and let me also tell our listening audience once again a to you and Stacey on Binyamin's wedding. Thank you very much. You should have incredible naches from all of your children and all future generations.
0: Bezrat Hashem. Amen. Thank you so much for that. Greatly appreciated. Uh, Let's start with this, David, as we start to look back on this past year and look forward to the next one, OHL took a major step. You have one of the most magnificent and incredible facilities in the heart of what we call the Flatbush-Midwood area of Brooklyn. Uh, first, update us as, as all of us have watched this uh, facility uh, grow, be built, and uh, get to where it's at at the moment. Uh, update us and tell us how things are going there.
10: The OHL jaffa Family Campus. We called it for a long time the new O'Hell Jeffer Family <laughs> Campus, and after being here for one year, we'll say the um, Ohio Jeffer Family Campus. We're on East 14th Street and Avenue M, as people know, may know it by the old NBC Studio building, a portion of it, and we've got um, several hundred people working here. Out of our workforce of 1,300 people, we have more than 300 employees working on this campus. And we've got many programs here, Oh flagship program, OHO's foster care program, the Milton and Molly Shulman foster care program. After 49 and a half years, it'll be 49 and 10-12 years, it'll be 50 years in November, God willing, that OHO is providing foster care services to the Jewish community for neglected and abused children who are removed by the New York City child welfare system. Mm -hmm. One of the stigmas that OHEL has long lived with is that some community people think that OHEL removes children from families. When the court system removes a child, a Jewish child, for any reason, for allegations of abuse or neglect, OHEL is the organization that has Jewish foster homes for these children. We, of course, continue to do that after 50 years, and the many other programs. It's unfortunate, but fortunate that OHL is here, that we are dealing with some of today's most pressing issues, and that we've been dealing with is unfortunately, uh, that so many people have heard about, uh, death among young children. Death among young children. We call it an accidental taking of one's own life, an accidental suicide. Um, in which um, young children are dying, 9, 10, 12, 13 years old. And we've been responding to that, helping with prevention, helping with response. In fact, Norman I our exact chair in trauma and crisis, um, goes to so many communities and that we've responded. And when I talk about this, I sort of have to slow down because I'm not even sure what words to use when you talk about the death of young children, and, that, and, and that's death.
0: and that's only the latest. That's literally the latest types of episodes that uh, OHEL oh is dealing with. The you know it's funny as we have spent a lot of time over the last few months speaking on the air with organizations and with individuals who are working in areas of trying to prevent addiction, uh, dealing with those with mental health issues, uh, dealing with sexual abuse in our community. Every time I say to myself that these are the areas that you guys were complete trailblazers in. This is, you know, when you talk about elimination of stigma or dealing with stigma, you've addressed these issues decades ago. And it must give you great satisfaction to look back and see how the community views them now.
10: Absolutely. The whole conversation on uh, the open, the more openness on conversations on mental illness, on developmental disabilities, on sexual abuse, on, on sexual violence, on domestic violence, areas that OHEL, as you say, has been a trailblazer. That's really been the board of directors of OHEL's vision and leadership that OHEL should be responding, especially in issues where there have not been other responders. in the same way that you have Hatsala first responders for what they do, and I want to give a shout out to Yankee Mario and Misaskam, yep. as you just did a moment ago. Right. We have many individuals living in our homes with psychiatric disabilities, developmental disabilities, that do not have families. OHEL oh, is their family. And when there is a sudden death and an Emmy gets involved, um, Yankee Mario immediately, immediately responds and does what Misaskam does, making sure about to cover the mess, taking care of what he needs to do. And Yankee and Misaskam have been helpful to Ohel, And I want to give a special shout out to Yankee. I don't know how to say that, you know, Yankee Meyer and should be Masliach in the same way that people don't know how to say that OHAL should be Masliach. But when (laughs) the community needs us, we should be there, as we have been for 50 years, and as we will continue to be as long as the community needs us. Uh,
0: David Mandel is with us, Chief Executive Officer at Ohel. Uh, November the 24th, the 50th annual gala, and before we wish you a happy, healthy, and sweet new year, I want people to put this on their calendar. November the 24th, you have this unique opportunity to celebrate half a century, um, the golden anniversary of uh, of OHEL, and, and it has been pure gold for our community, this incredible OHEL experience of all these decades. You've chosen some distinguished honorees. Uh, for the night of november to twenty fourth, David, help me uh, pay tribute to them for a moment as our as our listeners learn about them for the first time. The guests of honor on the twenty fourth of November, representing uh, Meridian Capital Group Ralph Hertzke will be accepting that award. Uh, they they have been among the 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 most uh, out there um, uh, uh, generous uh, supporters of great causes in our community. Nice choice for guests of honor this time around.
10: Meridian Capital Group has been involved with OHEL for decades, uh, literally. Um, Going back to our days on 16th Avenue, when OHEL had an office on 16th Avenue, Meridian Capital Group, Ralph Hertzko, was actually our tenant. Imagine that Meridian was OHEL's tenant (laughs) for a short amount of time. Um, And look what happened to them, thank God. Uh, Meridian is our guest of honor, Meridian Capital Group, our accepting as um, a guest of honor, Meridian Capital. We're very excited. Um, they've been involved in volunteering with OHEL and contributors to OHEL and supporting OHEL for decades. We have Suey and Sippy Nussbaum, who live in Cedarhurst. Suey and Sippy have also been strong volunteers at OHEL, helping to organize the annual Shabbaton. In the Red Shul in Cedarhurst, mm. Rabbi Yaakov Feitman shul, 25, 30 men and women with disabilities are invited every single year for Shabbos in the shul. And the community gets together, and Stewie and Sippy take care of putting them up in homes, and the meals, and the Mitzuri Shabbos concert program. We're very excited about Stewie and Sippy. Dr. Seth Ness, Dr. Seth Um, and Judith Goldberg-Ness, who are parents of a Cam Cayley child. And they've got a special story to share with us as the Cayley family of the year. Stewie and Sipi are the Native Leverwardes, and Dr. Seth and Judith Goldberg-Ness are the Cam Cayley family of the year. Uh, You know... um, Cam Cayley opened registration to returning campers. Yeah. <laughs> on August twenty ninth. Yeah. And yesterday we opened registration to campus to the general community. And as of yesterday, we Baruch Hashem have six hundred and seventy four boys and girls registered for camp in less than one month. So we encourage anyone and everyone Who would like to register their son or daughter, including um, children with special needs, to register for Camp Cayley. We look forward to being sold out uh,
0: before Sukkot. You need a bigger...
10: Amazing, amazing Baruch Hashem.
0: You need a bigger campus, David. We are one major donor away from having (laughs) a bigger campus. By the way, I have to mention that on the roster of honorees um, coming up on the 24th of November, the OHEL 50th Annual Gala, what do you think of the news that Susan Mandel is going to be recognized that night, David?
10: Susan and her husband, uh, David, are going to be um, somewhere in the audience that evening of Sunday, November 24th. And Susan and I are very excited to be part of a very important celebration of OHL's 50th year. Um, So it's Meridian Capital Group, Stewie and Sippy Nussbaum, Dr. Seth and Judith Goldberg-Ness, Susan and David Mandel, and uh, we hope by uh, tonight or tomorrow also to announce one more um, honoree, a very special family. By the way, Uh, David, I'm sorry. That needs to wait as an announcement still. And with 1,200 people, we invite every single Nachum Siegel listener that's ever been in your studio, that's ever been on your radio, that's ever tuned into your radio, that's on your live stream, that listens to your 9 a.m., 10 a.m., 11 a.m., noon, 1 p.m. I don't know how far you go, Nachum. Oh,
0: just 24 hours. Come and join us. 24 hours. That's all. David, I didn't realize until I saw the email, you're there 25 years. That's amazing. I'm not. I'm here 24 <laughs> and a half years. <laughs> well, then we're celebrating the 25th year. How do you like that? But I'm that's, that's half, amazing. Half years are very important, <laughs> to say the least. A quarter of a century with OHEL. You must look back and, and just uh, – and, and you don't have to imagine. You see it in front of you how, how much the organization has grown and where you guys are at this point. It must be a very satisfying feeling.
10: I've said many, many times, um, many people have heard me say it. it's, um I, I think one of the most um, valuable comments I could make, that uh, Baruch Hashem in my 24 years at Orell, um I've never had a bad day. Wow. I've had difficult days. Right. I've had hard days. A bad day is when someone doesn't want to go to work. Right. Bad days when someone doesn't want to get out of bed mm-hmm. and face the world, or, or or go to work because they just don't like their job, because they don't want to be there, because of whatever circumstances. That that's how I define a bad day. There yeah. are many different ways of having a bad day, obviously, but that's how I define my relationship with Ohel. Baruch Hashem, I've never had a bad day at all. I've had hard days, right. very difficult days. But I've never had a day that I did not want to come to work. It is such a just, you know. I I I, I don't want to over dramatize it. Um, the work that OHL does, the, my colleagues, the vision of the board of directors, Mel Zaktor and Jay Kestenbau, the co-presidents, Meish continues, Meish Hellman, as the ombudsman, as president emeritus to be. Actively involved in the same way, and uh, and uh, the same hundreds of people that Mesh calls Erev and Pesach uh, to wish them a just like he has every single year, even though he's not currently the president. Mesh continues to be actively involved, continues to do, do his work. How can you not want to come to work in a place like this, Nachem?
0: I hear it. I hear it. It's one of the reasons that they're paying tribute to you because of the Incredible positive uh, aspect that you bring to uh, to Ohel and what you've done for this quarter of a century, the 50th annual gala, Sunday night, November the 24th. Circle your calendar or whatever you do with those uh, with those fancy electronic devices now. OhelGala.org, OhelGala.org, or 718-972-9338, 718-972-9338. David speaks to us from the Ohel Jaffa family campus. And David Mandel, on behalf of your amazing board, staff, and volunteers, please accept our wishes for a happy, healthy, and sweet New Year, and thank you for including us in partnership of your incredibly holy work.
10: Thank you. I would like to say two quick things. First sure. of all, I would like to wish, uh, to wish a Shana Tova to everyone that is listening, and everyone that will be listening, and everyone that's not listening, a Shana Tova Mitsuko to you, to your family, to everyone's family. And the second message is to every person that's listening. No one goes through life unscathed. No one goes through life untouched. We all, at some point in our life, face some challenge. Some small, some large, some of them really big bumps in the road. Know that there is somebody out there that will listen to you, that has a good ear, that can help you. And Ohel is one of those places, especially when we come up to the Chagim, there may be some delicate, sensitive situations in families that make it more difficult for them. So I want to take a message that may be difficult for families to hear, to turn it into a positive message. To reach out, mm. to make a call, we at OHEL are here for you, we will respond to you, we will help you get through a very difficult time in life. Give us a chance to help you. Nachum, to you and Stacey and to your entire family, shanatova
0: Thank you so much, David. Happy, healthy, sweet New Year. Mazal Tov to you and Susan to all the honorees and uh, everybody at OHEL, continue your incredible work on behalf of the Jewish people. Now we could say on behalf of the Jewish people worldwide, that's how large a ripple effect OHEL has on our greater Jewish community. More coming up. It is a Wednesday morning edition of JM in the AM. A reminder that tomorrow we are at Ms. Haskim headquarters in Brooklyn, New York on 16th Avenue. Those who've, uh, been familiar with Miss Askim? You may want to give now because their campaign has already started. Those not familiar, listen tomorrow morning. You'll hear why it's worthwhile supporting their incredible work. More coming up on a Wednesday morning right here at JM in the AM. <laughs> and Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web, and and the NachumSegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSNF. Wraps up a Wednesday here at JM and the AM. Plenty more tomorrow as we head to 16th Avenue in Brooklyn and do a radio broadcast from Missaskim headquarters. Join us tomorrow morning. You will hear... Some incredibly inspiring stories, and some things that will make you think even more about life um, as we approach the brand new year this coming Sunday night. If you've already uh, become familiar with Missaskim, you'll see their campaign all over the place today. It's already going. Make sure to give. If you're not familiar, tune in tomorrow morning, and you'll see why. Before midnight tomorrow night, you'll want to make, you'll want to make sure to get Missaskim to their amazing goal. Uh, so we'll speak to you from Brooklyn tomorrow. Have a fabulous Wednesday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.